How many of you are ready to get in the Word of God today? I'm excited about uh, today's message in particular. Um, this comes from a lot of uh, study this week in, in prayer, and, and so I want to share with you what I believe. How many, of you, how many of you know there's a lot of gossip out there about God? Y'all miss that. <laughs> um, there's a lot of gossip about God. What do you mean by that? There many people tell you a lot of things about God, but if they don't line up with the word of God, they're nothing more than gossip. They're not true. And so sometimes we have to revisit um, things in the word of God that will give us strength uh, for the journey. How many of you know something? We just need some strength for the journey. We need, we need um, the, the power and the presence of God in our life so we can deal with the things that come our way. And so I want to talk to you this morning about what is, it, it, it's foundational, but if you catch it, if you catch what the scripture is saying about this, you'll get free. Some of us live under a cloud of self-condemnation um, every day. We live under guilt every day. We live under the prison of others' perceptions every day. Everything's directed by how people feel about us. And, 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 and I want to bring us to an understanding of this particular topic so that we can really move in the things of God. So I've titled this message really simply, uh, The Grace Effect. Grace, um, how many of you have heard that word grace? And so it kind of gets tossed around, just we got to have more grace. We got to have this, we got to have that. But grace is really something that we have to grasp. And I'm going to tell you some things that are going to fight against um, things that you battle in your mind. They're going to they're gonna mess with you a little bit. But if you receive them as the truth that's laid out in God's word, it'll change your perspective on a lot of things. Grace is simply this. It's the unmerited favor of God. It's, it's God giving us what we could not possibly deserve or, or, or earn on our own. Why are you sharing this, Pastor? Because we are conditioned as humans to live in this area of cause and effect all the time. And so that's why when we, we maybe make a mistake or we mess up, immediately something in us calls out that we need to be punished, that we need to be beaten down, that we need to be this. But the reality is, is that Jesus paid it all. Say, Jesus paid it all. If Jesus paid for it, why am I still paying for it? I know that's hard to hear, but we're gonna, I'm, just, I'm just dropping that. But it's the unmerited favor of God. It's God giving to you for no reason other than his love and his care and his concern for you. He's giving you something because of Jesus, not because of you. It's so important because how many of you know you, you pray and you're praying hard for things. You're believing God for things. You're trusting him to do things in your life. But really a lot of our faith has to be rooted in an understanding of this. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 uh, verses 10 and 11, he said, but, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, watch this, to me was not without effect. In other words, grace did something to him. He said, no, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but what? The grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believe. So grace was a foundational and important part of what Paul believed and what he taught. And what he shows us is that grace will produce results in our lives. How many of you know I'd rather leave it up to grace than leave it up to me? Because left up to me, I'll mess it up. Left up to you, we'll mess it up. But Paul realized that everything that he was, good, bad, whatever, every flaws and all, that I am what I am because of the grace of God. And so it produced something in his life. Because see, so we're, we're so used 
to working for something, but what he's saying is that I had an encounter with grace, and that encounter with grace actually made me work harder than everybody else that I was dealing with. So it wasn't, how many of you feel like I'm just trying, you, you pray and I'm just trying to get something from God, almost like I'm trying to twist God's arm to make him do something for me, when the reality is that he loves you so much that what you're trying to make him do, if it's right for you, he just wants to do it for you anyway because he loves you. And I think that a lot of our prayers go unanswered because we're not rooted in the love that God has for us. We, we are so dependent on the love that we have for him. Y'all catch that? We're so, but the reality is that he never called us to be dependent on the love that we have for him. Watch this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That doesn't have anything to do with what you did, but because he loved you so much, watch this, before you got it all right. He didn't wait for you to get everything right, to have all your I's dotted, all your, like we do people, you know, like we, we, we basically put people in categories. If they do whatever we want, they're in the good category. If they don't, they're not. But God said, before you get anything right, I've already made provision for every mistake, every failure you're ever going to make, and his name is Jesus. And so here's what... Um, we see Luke now in Acts, he says this, he says, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his what? Say grace. grace. Which is able to do some things. It says able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. The message of God's grace enables us to be built up. So when, when we are living in the grace of God, what should happen is through the word of God, through preaching, through fellowship with one another, we should be built up in the things of God. God doesn't give you anything to take. He's not, he's not seeking to take and take and take from you, but he wants to put something in you. He wants to make deposits in your life. He wants to breathe into you so that you can be built up, so that you can be strengthened. And here's the big part, so that you can receive the inheritance that he has for you as a believer. Say, God has something for me. But I can't get it without grace. Be honest. How many of you were conditioned, like in your own traditional upbringing and understanding, to believe that your blessings and everything that God wanted to do for you was contingent upon you getting it all right? And so, so, so what happens is, is now it really isn't up to God. Who's it up to? Ourselves, And what happens is, is now my prayer is not really prayer and my study is not really study. It's an exercise in self-condemnation. And people have to get free from this because you can never really pray effectively if you always believe that there's a block somewhere. Watch this. Keeping you from hearing God and more importantly, keeping God from hearing you. How many of you know God is not hard of hearing? He's not confused. He can hear perfectly. And the thing is, is we've got to say, you know what? Faults, failures, mistakes and all, because of the blood of Jesus, I can still come boldly and confidently to him and receive what I need from him. And, and, and what happens is, is we, in our current culture, either we act like we don't need anything from him or we have a difficulty coming to him boldly because of the things that are going on in our life. How many of you actually believe that any failure or mistake that you had in your life took God by surprise? Like he was shocked that you did this. He was shocked that you said this. He was shocked that you... No, he wasn't surprised by any of it. Any of it. And, and, and you're saying, well, you're giving people a license to sin. No, I'm not. And you'll see that later. But what I'm saying to you is, 
is that your blessings and all that God wants to pour out in your life is not dependent on whether you get everything right or not. It's not this checklist of, I did this, I did this, I did this, so now God has to do this. That's not, how many of you know that's not love? Some of us treat our relationships that way. I know I'm, I'm poking a bear here, but some of us say, you know, if he gets it right here, 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 if she gets it right here, 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 then they'll be all right with me. How many of you know sometimes you got to love them past their mistakes? Because that's what Jesus did for us. Acts 4, 33 uh, through 35, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great what? Grace was upon them all, nor was there any there any one of them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought them the proceeds of the things that they were sold and laid them at the apostles feet and they distributed to each one as anyone had need here's the point where there is grace there's provision where there's grace there's provision i just am one of these people that believes that the word of god is true that it, it means what it says it says what it means and so when you, when you live like this, and, and, and we don't always do this perfectly, all of us struggle with it, but when we live like God means what he said, that means that our decisions are not dictated by our circumstances, but they're dictated by what God says in his word. In other words, I, I, I'm not moving um, solely based on what I'm seeing in front of me. And, and let me tell you something. If you make decisions solely based on what you see in front of you, you will make a mistake. Because there's sometimes that God wants to move in your life outside of what your natural eyes can see. Some of us, if we were dependent on our own adequacy and our own natural minds and see, we would have never applied for certain jobs. We would have never, we would have never taken steps of faith. We would have never uh, done certain things if it was left up to us. But sometimes we have to step out and say, you know what? God's power and his presence is at work in my life, so I've got to step out and, and see what he has for me. And where there's the grace... There is provision. Prophet Zechariah, I like what he says. He says, so he answered and said to me, this is what the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel is, not by might, hmm, nor by power. The things that we are dependent on every day because within the human uh, makeup, all of us have a, a, a bend towards self-sufficiency. Meaning that I'm comfortable with what I can produce. I'm comfortable with what I can control. And so there's sometimes that God will allow situations that step outside of your bubble so that you have to depend solely on him. How many of you right now, you have a situation that you can't do anything about? Few of us. Have, have things that, there's things in our life. Look, I, no matter how much I try, no matter how much I cry, no matter how much I get frustrated or, or angry, there's things that reside outside of my ability to change them. That's a good place to be because you've got to depend on God for the outcome. You've got to depend on God to see you through. And so here's what he says. He says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain. I want you to think about that. A mountain becomes a plain. A mountain becomes a plain. Something that I have to climb and struggle to get over becomes something I can walk on. Just like that. And how, how does it happen? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts grace, grace to it. 
Uh, mountains are always, or almost always in the scripture, when you find them, they're symbolic of obstacles. So when you see that word mountain in the scripture, it's either an obstacle that I've got to get past, it's, got something that, it's something that I've got to climb, or it's something that I've got to watch this take possession of. So it, when you see mountains in scripture, it always falls into those categories, something I've got to get past, something I've got to climb, something I've got to take possession of. So he says in this scripture, your mountain shall become a plain. And he goes on to say, with shouts of grace and grace to it. What do we get from this? Grace is how we both endure and overcome the obstacles in our life. This is going to be one of the most uncomfortable things for you and I as believers to embrace because it requires us to take our hands off of certain things that we're used to having our hands on. How many of you are comfortable with what you control, can control? Be real. You can't, you, most, most human beings, we are. As long as I can control how this goes and how this turns, then I'm okay. But when I have a mountain that I don't have the ability to climb, I don't have the ability to get around, I've got to depend on the grace of God to help me get through that. It could be sickness. It could be uh, provision. It could be wisdom, understanding, instruction, anything that you need from God. Sometimes we have to learn to apply his grace to the situation because it's not going to be our ability that gets through it. You ever felt inadequate? Just ruffling a whole bunch of stuff that we don't like to talk about in church because what we like to do is come in and act like we have it all together. Like we've got it all figured out. But this is the one place that you got to be able to come in. You know, I, I don't have this figured out. I don't have it all together. I'm, I'm struggling right now. I'm jacked up right now. I need some help right now. And when we can get to that place and be honest about that, then we can realize that in our inadequacy, there is an answer. But I want you to understand something. The answer is not always the removal of your inadequacy. See, that's what we pray for. Lord, remove the inadequacy. Take, take this away from me. Take them away from me. Um, but in his grace and in his wisdom, you'll find how he responds to some of these. And this is what Paul said. He was struggling with something that he asked God to, to take away from him. And this is what he said. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation. So Paul was a man who was hearing from God. God was speaking to him. He was seeing visions. And because of this, we find that his understanding of it was because of these revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now, if you read this too fast, you'll believe that God is the one that gave it to him. And what happens is that when we believe that God did certain things to us, who do we blame when we get mad? God. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why, why, why am I here? I, let me tell you, I ask God a lot, a lot of why questions. He probably gets tired of me. <laughs> why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? And some of the stuff that we're asking God why he did, he didn't have anything to do with. I can show it to you. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. The messenger of who? If you're taking notes, don't miss this part. The thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. So a messenger, how many of you know you can't have a messenger without a message? And so there's some things that the enemy will do in your life, and while they're happening in your life, the enemy's talking to you. They're, 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 they're the messenger of Satan. And this is what he's saying. You have this because of this. You're dealing with this because of this. This is going on because of this. And constantly he's beating you down, beating you down, beating you down. 
and the messenger of Satan, me, lest I be exalted above measure concerning this thing. So his response is right. He says, I pleaded with the Lord. So he goes to God in prayer and he says, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. How many of you had some of those times where you were praying to God like the Lord just, I need this to stop. I need this to end. God, I'm tired of this. That's what Paul was saying. And God's response is probably one that we wouldn't have liked to hear, but it's the one that we need. He says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient or enough. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Whose weakness? My strength is made perfect in your weakness. I am going to allow you to have some weakness so that you can see my strength. That's uncomfortable. We have uncomfortable situations in our life, and they're not to drive us away from God. They drive us to him. The, 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 we, we Left to ourselves and having a perfect life, we would never depend on God. That's just the reality of it. But he loves us too much that he says, you know what? I'm not just going to put stuff on you to teach you stuff. That's, that's false thought. How I many that God just did this to teach you something? No, that, that, you won't find that in Scripture. But what you do find is that there's sometimes he'll allow the enemy... To, to, to do certain things, but they can't get the best of you because if you depend on God, his grace, his mercy, his strength is sufficient for you. And it's made perfect in weakness. Your weakness, whatever it is, the thing that beats you up every day, the thing that talks to you every day, the thing that makes you, uh, the thing that keeps you up at night, your weakness is an opportunity for God's strength to be perfected in your life, and you're going to miss this, to see the perfect strength of God revealed in your life. Wow. I have so much lack right now. Well, that's a time, you know, when you have a lot of lack, it makes absolutely no sense to praise God. Because you're trying to figure, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How am I going to do this? If you're having a lot of lack, and you're trusting God and believing God, his perfect provision has to show up in your life. How many of you know that when we pray, we all have an, an idea of how we would like him to answer that prayer? <laughs> God, um, I come to you and I want your wisdom and your understanding. And so could you answer my prayer by Tuesday at 3.30 this way and use this person? That's how we, we pray. And he says, you know, I love you, but you don't, I, I can't exactly tell you who I'm going to use. Just depend on me. Believe me and trust me. And you know what? When you, I know it sounds cliche, but when you least expect it, sometimes we'll God, God will send you a blessing through the person you, you, you would never think is able to bless you. That's why it's important to treat people. This is a side note. That's why it's important to treat people right. Because some of the people we mistreat are the very people God we use to bless us. And Joseph is an example of that. His brothers mistreated him, and they didn't realize that 17 years later, he was the one that had to bring deliverance um, in their life. So, you know, and now let me tell you, there's another side to this. Those of you who have been mistreated, like Joseph, like Joseph, you got to be able on the other side of it that if God says, hey, I want to use you, in their life, you got to be able to humble yourself and say, hey, um, I'll do what you said. But his grace, 
is sufficient for you. His strength is made perfect in weakness. So what was his response? It wasn't like ours would be, but it's like ours should be. It says, therefore, I most gladly will rather boast, boast, in my infirmities. That didn't make any sense. Lord, thank you for this test that's getting on my nerves all. That didn't even make any sense at all. But he says, I most radly, rather gladly boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Some of you, I want to tell you, you're going through something so that people can see less of you and more of him. I know you were here, but, but when you're dealing with something, a lot of times what people are seeing from the outside is not what you're feeling on the inside. You, so you're feeling crushed and beaten down and defeated, but somebody else who's watching you walk through it is saying, man, look at God giving them endurance, giving them strength, sustaining them in this. Man, they're a better person than me because if they did that to me, I'd have told them, about, you, know. <laughs> you know. So it, people from the outside see things differently than we are feeling them sometimes uh, on the inside. Grace provides adequacy in any area that we feel deficient. Grace provides adequacy in any area that we feel deficient. Grace provides adequacy in any area that we feel deficient. Sometimes all you got to do is get around people who are doing what you're doing or get around people in general. And all it takes is for them to say one thing to make you feel completely inadequate for anything in life. That's just, I'm just giving you real talk right now. Some of us, our skin is not, uh, you know, some of us have been, were blessed out of the womb with thick skin. Other of us, you know, sometimes things actually hurt our feelings, <laughs> you know. And what happens is if somebody, you could be walking, running by faith, believing God for the impossible, and all it takes is one person to say one thing that they didn't even mean the way you took it, and all of a sudden you gave up on everything. I've been there. This is, this is where I've been, all I tell you, they didn't even, all they did was say, how are you going to do that? That's one question. It's harmless, right? You, you tell them, man, I believe God wants to do this. Man, I don't know how you're going to do that. And it's like, shh. Y'all won't respond to me, but it happens in your house too. You get enough faith to believe that God wants to do something with your family or do something in your family. And the person you live with sometimes like, yeah, I don't know how we're going to do that. And you're like, man, I spent all this time working up the courage to share my dream with you, to have it. Do we got any real people in the church? Or just me? Okay, a few. A few. Okay. I'm trying to help you because you will always be faced with dream killers who make you see your deficiency more than they see Christ. And you've got to be able to hold on to what God gave you and what he showed you in spite of what you're going through right now. If, you, if you've ever run or if you've ever done anything worth doing in, 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 in life at all, a lot of times the toughest part is when you're approaching that finish line. You're approaching that, that man, I'm finally getting to this place where it's close and it seemed like now I'm close and everything is coming against me. Say, keep going. Sometimes that's the only answer. Sometimes people want, want, you know, they want something deep. Man, give, me, give me five steps to get out of this. And God has one. Just keep going. Just, just man, I really didn't want to hear that. You know, you don't, you don't have anything deeper. No, just keep going. Just keep walking by faith. No, I, I need a prophetic word. There's your prophetic word. Just keep going. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't quit. Don't give. No, no, you, you got to pray for me and lay hands on me and twirl me around. Yeah, yeah, 
keep going, just keep walking, just keep <laughs> you, you ever got one of them calls that was supposed to be encouragement, but it really wasn't? As I started as encouragement, hey, I just wanted to call and make sure you're lifted up. Um, oh, man, that stinks. That stinks, too. And so now both of y'all are like, <laughs> man, that, pastor, that doesn't really sound like a real Christian message today, Pastor. I'm just, I'm just telling you what happens in our homes when we're going through stuff and what happens in our friendships when we're going through stuff. Every, sometimes things start as encouragement. And before you're done, man, I feel worse talking to you. <laughs> no, but the reality is, again, grace provides adequacy in any area that we feel deficient. How is that possible? John 1.14 says this, And the word of God, or the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son, full of grace and truth. Grace, grace is not an idea, it's a person. That's why it makes a change in our lives, because it's not an idea, it's a person. It's the person of Jesus. When he shows up, he shows up full of grace and truth. In other words, you, you know that scripture that says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free? The truth that we need to know that makes us free is the grace that comes with Jesus. <laughs> that, that's what it is, because if, you don't, if, if he does not step in and show up, we will stay shackled to the stuff we've been shackled with for years. And so this is, you can't scream away a shackle. You can't scream away fear. You can't scream away bondage. All that stuff doesn't work. You need Jesus to step in. And then you need him to daily remind you, watch this, of what you've been set free from. Because some of us live in prisons with open doors. Because we haven't had an encounter with Jesus, we live in an open prison. Can you imagine that in your mind? I'm in a cell with the door open. Jesus is saying, come out. And our own ideas, our own perception, our own self-condemnation is keeping us right there. And all we got to do is get up and walk out. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become what? So grace makes us who we could never be in our own strength or ability. So that's why it messes with your head when I talk to you on the basis of what God sees and not on what you're going through at the moment. This is why sometimes, this is why the same sentence can make you happy and upset. What do you mean? I know what you're going through, but God said you're coming out. And one day that, that message will make you feel like you can leap mountains and make you feel like you can run through a wall. And I can tell you the same thing two weeks later when you've still been stuck in it. You'll be like, man, I'm tired of hearing that. But the reality is, is it, it is the grace of God that makes us, watch this, it makes us what we could never possibly be on our own. Why? He became poor that I could become rich through him. So there was a great exchange that took place. Jesus took on our sins. He took on our failures. He took on our mistakes. He took on our inadequacies. He took on our low self-esteem. He took on the accusations of the enemy. He took all of that on himself so that we could walk and be something that we could never be on our own. That's something we should celebrate every day. Because that means I can walk with confidence, I can pray with confidence, I can walk with authority every day because it's not dependent on the one time I slipped up. This is how we deal with God. 
and, and this is why I'm saying this is how we this is why we deal with God. We'll have these seasons where, man, we just feel like we're close to God and we're praying, and then we will do something that that we'll mess up, we'll sin, we'll do something just plain. Honestly, we'll do something stupid. And then we feel like we can't approach the same one who sees all and knows all anyway. You know, it, this might be a spoiler, but he actually knew you were going to do it before you did it. And it didn't change how much he loved you. Now, that doesn't mean just go out and do whatever you want. But it does mean that when you said what you shouldn't have said, when you did what you shouldn't have done, when you, you is there anybody who's actually made a mistake in here? Or am I just talking to the wrong group of people? Okay, so thank you for admitting that sometimes we don't always get it right. And sometimes we miss it. And sometimes we, we miss it and we didn't even mean to get it wrong. You know what I mean? You ever said something you, like, or, or just did something, whatever it may be. Because I, I, I've been doing this long enough to know that we, we sometimes come in church and we act like we have not sinned. <laughs> but, but, but the reality is that some of us did, did some of us sin on the way here. <laughs> and it didn't change the way he, he felt about you. It didn't change the way... He loved you because when we realize his, his strength, his mercy, his grace, um, his power, we will run to him and not away from him. Did y'all catch that? The stuff that in the past caused us to run away from him, just like we would run away from one of our parents so they didn't find out we did something wrong, would actually cause us to run to him because, Father, I'm weak. I'm struggling. I need you. Because right now, God, if you, if you don't help me, I'm going to say something that... <laughs> you, do I have some... I'm going to say something, folks. <laughs> you, you know who you are. Y'all the ones that hug real gently and high-five and smile, but if somebody cross you the wrong way, you're going to say something to them. And it's not always going to come out in King James English. It's another language that it's going to come out in. <laughs> he can't say that. But grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Um, many of the Jews and devout converts in Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas. And watch this. And they, the two men urged them to continue, make a note, to rely on the grace of God. You know what rely on means? That, that word is actually a strong dependence. It isn't just because it's a person, and this is where it's been taught wrong. It's just an idea. No, it's a person. Because grace is actually a person in Jesus Christ, we have to lean on it like we're sitting on the chairs we're sitting on right now. Completely dependent. Right now, y'all are exercising faith and don't even realize it. You, you're completely dependent on this chair that you have not met, that you it completely dependent on that thing to hold you up. I was somewhere... I was somewhere yesterday, and I sat in a chair that I was depending on to hold me up. Um, it didn't. <laughs> I, somebody say more grace. <laughs> I, need, I needed more grace, and apparently some other stuff too. But, but my point is Jesus is completely dependent, dependable, and so we can completely rely on his grace in our life. We're encouraged uh, to mature and grow in our understanding and application of the grace of God. So we need to grow in this every day. And, it, and actually what we're growing in is less self-reliance. Because what I found is a lot of our guilt, a lot of our struggle, a lot of our self-condemnation comes 
because whether we want to admit it or not, we rely so much on ourselves. So much. So what actually happens is, is your faith level is determined strictly by you. So if I did good, my faith is high. If I messed up, my faith is low. But the reality is, is it stays constant when it's dependent on the one who did it for you and not on what you did. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on what? The grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Here's the part that I, I want to kind of emphasize. Hebrews 4.16. Then let us approach God's throne of what? You, do you see a theme here in this? Let us approach the throne of grace. How? There's a way we got to come. With confidence. So that we may receive what? And find what? When are we going to find it? This is not a trick question. <laughs> we, we, we're going to find it when we need it. How many, how many of you know help is not help unless you get it when you need it? You, you missed that? God is so, if, you, if I need you now and you want to help me two months from now, I, I don't need it now. I need it now. You know, and it's not impatient. And God realized, this is why he said, now, now it goes contrawise because we live in a time in which everybody wants to do what they want, when they want, how they want. But Jesus says, come boldly or uh, confidently to the throne of grace that you can obtain mercy and find grace to help you when you need it. How many of you need some stuff now? I mean, this is not, you know, you don't have to be real deeply spiritual to say, look, there's some stuff, I'll be honest with you, based on the time schedule and things, I need this now. Um, let me go a different way. <laughs> but it's so important for us to realize that God is, he stands ready and available to help us when we need it. Grace is the basis for our confidence in approaching God. What I want to destroy today, and this is why I'm taking so much time with this, what I want to shatter completely today is this thing, because this thing is keeping us from praying. It keeps us from talking to God because we're like, man, you've been, how many of you, you grew up in the day where, where the old mothers of the church or somebody in the church would say, man, you got to really get to God. You got to pray for at least an hour a day. You got to do this a day. You got to do, they came up with all these different things that you have to do. And the reality is sometimes because of my own life, I can't, I can't, in this moment, I don't have the hour for whatever reason, whatever, but I got five minutes and, and, and I got to be able to get into God in that five minutes so he can speak to me and deal with me and do what we need to do in that time. So I can approach him with confidence, not based on my own merit. So you got to be able to come to God, mistakes and all, failures and all, shortcomings and all. You got to be able to come to him with the same confidence, no matter what is going on in you right now. How many of you ever prayed, but you really didn't believe like God was going to do anything? <laughs> yeah, those moments, you, you, you know, uh, yeah, I might as well pray. I don't know if you're going to think, but I'll just, I'll just, hey, all I got left is prayer. Think about that. The most important piece of what we do in our life, and it, it, our struggles and our tests in life, it reduces it to, well, all I got is prayer. And even in that, he'll still hear you if you go. 
For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And this is why this, this, this thought of grace bothers some people. I'm going to tell you why. Because if I don't tell you why, some people will just make their own assumptions. It bothers you because whenever they hear this word, they say, well, you can't teach people about grace at all because if you teach people about grace, they'll just do whatever they want. We got to have, you know, you got to have restrictions on people because if you don't put restrictions on people, they'll just do it. And they say all kinds of stuff that didn't have anything to do with the Bible at all. Because if we come into contact with the grace of God, it teaches us. Y'all see this? It teaches us to do what? To say yes to ungodliness? It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. But, but this is how it does it. Let me show you how. It will cause you, when you realize that Jesus died on the cross for you just because he loved you and not because of any right or wrongs that you have done, when you really realize that, it should cause you to fall so in love with him that some of the things that are coming against you become repulsive to you. And it has nothing to do, it doesn't mean we don't slip up and mess up or we don't have temptations and because we're still flesh. We still live in flesh. There's some stuff that, you know, you save, but you be, if, if you were forced to be honest, there's some stuff you still like even though you save. <laughs> you know, some of y'all can't, can't, y'all won't say it out loud, but there's some still stuff left to your own flesh without the power of God. You'll say yes to it even though you know you should say no. That's just reality, but the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness, to worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. So here it is, and this is what we're going to wrap up with. The power of grace does some things for us. It, it, it offers salvation to all of us. Why do we need it? Because for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This will deliver us from thinking we're better than anybody. <laughs> nobody better than anybody because, you know, what, what we end up doing, and this is what I learned, what we end up doing is we end up pointing the finger at other people because we're able to hide. It, it enables us to hide our own shortcomings. But we all fall short of the glory of God. But here's the thing. But, but that's not where the story ends because we're justified freely by what? His grace. Freely. That means I can't buy my justification. It's already done. I'm justified by his grace through the redemption that came through Jesus Christ. If that wasn't enough, we find that because of his great love for us, again, his love for us, not our love for him, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ when we were dead in trespasses and sins. It is by grace that you have been saved. For it is by grace that you are saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. I know this isn't hype today. I, I don't want any. I actually don't want your emotion today. I want you to see the word of God for what it is and the fact that there is not anything you can do to make yourself more saved. Either you are or you're not, but it's done through the grace of God, and it's his gift, not by works, so that no one can boast. So the power of grace, it offers salvation to all people, and it teaches us to reject ungodliness. It teaches us to reject ungodliness. Grace teaches us to reject ungodliness. 
I'm worried about you teaching grace, Pastor. I'm worried about you saying that word too much because, you know, if you say it too much, then people have a license to sin and they don't think they have to live right and they don't have to do this. Okay, first, uh, Romans 6, 14. It says this, for sin shall no longer be your master. But why? 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 will sin and the things that don't please God no longer be our master? Is it because of our own ability? No, it says because you are not under what? But under what? I can't, I want you to get this picture in your head and if I would have had time, I would have, drew, I would have actually built something up here. Yeah, somebody will laugh at me, me build anything. That's not my gift at all. I can barely put puzzles together. My point is, if I had to, I would put like a little thing here that said grace and I'd put something here that said law, and I would ask anybody to try to be under both of them at the same time. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So the reality is you cannot be under both of them. Either it's up to me or it's up to God. But he says that sin won't be your master because you're not under law, you're under grace. But he knew, Paul knew the questions that would come, so he said, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under uh, the law but under grace? Go back to the the last one. He said, shall we sin because we're not under law, but under grace by no means. And so here's what he wanted us to understand. In Galatians 2, I don't set aside the grace of God, for his righteousness could be gained by the law. Christ died for nothing. You, you, You can actually, that phrase, your best life now, whatever. you can actually live your best life now if you come in contact with the fact that Jesus did all he's going to do to enable us to walk in power, to walk in authority, to walk in faith, to walk in confidence. He did it at the cross so that we can live out what he did by grace and have power in this world. We've already talked about this some, but we'll say it again. Grace gives us self-control in our lives. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Jesus Christ. So he wants us to be strong in it. And this is this is the argument that people have had, and this is what uh, Jude tells us about it. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men, this is what they do, who turn the grace of our Lord God into lewdness and deny that the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a group now, people who will say, man, we, we, we have this gift of grace, so that means we just do whatever we want. Treat anybody any, any way we want, say whatever we want. Because after all, if we do that, all I got to do is say, God, forgive me, and it's done. That was a twisting of the message. The message is simple. Because of the grace of God, I am what I am. Because of the grace of God, I'm empowered to live out the life that he calls me to live. Because of the grace of God, I don't have to be in bondage to the things that are trying to keep me in bondage. Because of the grace of God, I don't have to live in fear, defeat, failure, any of these things. But it's because of the cross of Calvary. Does that make sense? How many of you need more grace? Grace helps us to live godly lives in this current culture. The difference maker is not going to be what you accumulate. It's not going to be your possessions. It's not going to be your social status. The difference maker in our life is the grace of God. Stand, stand to your feet. I wanna, we're going to worship the Lord just for a few minutes and we're going to get out of here. 
I pray that you picked up one thing, that you picked up something that, that, that you needed today to really help you to be confident and strong in your relationship with the Lord because this is what this is really all about. I, when I find that our confidence in God is, is shaken and it's unshakable, it, 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 it's shaken and it's rattled, a lot of times it's just because of the simple thing that we have a misunderstanding of who God really is. We have a misunderstanding of what it takes on our part to get to him. Um, I like to say it like this. There's a lot of Christians that have spent time complicating the simple when Jesus spent his life simplifying the complicated. I died for your sins so that you could have a relationship with me. When you have a relationship with me, you can come to me. You can ask me for what you need. You can ask me to help, help you in your weaknesses. The only thing that I ask of you is to come. That's all he's saying. All I'm asking you to do, lay down your hang-ups, lay down your pride, lay down your struggle, and come. And so I want us to worship, and as you do that, if you find yourself in a place where you just need more grace, I would encourage you to just lift your hands and make this song a prayer and worship with our worship team as they come with this last song. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day that you have given us. We thank you for your people that are assembled here today. And I speak into their life right now more grace, all the grace that's sufficient to, to, to meet every need, every perceived inadequacy. Lord, I come against every sickness, every infirmity, every attack on their minds, attack on their hearts. Lord, I ask that you give them wisdom and understanding for every decision that they need to make. Lord, I ask that our, our hearts would be ever fertile ground to hear from you, to be directed by you, to receive from you. Lord, I pray blessings and favor upon their weak. I pray that they walk out boldly, more confident to approach you and ask you for what they need. And Lord, we declare that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. We leave this place walking in expectation, walking passionately to pursue the purpose and the plan that you have for our lives. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Let everyone shout amen. Amen. Shout amen. Amen. Shout amen. Have a blessed week. Amen. Don't leave before I get a chance to hug you or high five you if you're not a hugger. God bless you.